Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hello, Rush Nation, and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. We have an extremely exciting uh, episode today. We have the entire Five Yard Dynasty family on uh, with a special guest appearance from Jord. Um, we needed a 10th man in our league, so Jord, thank you for uh, joining. But today, if you haven't seen our tweets, if you didn't listen to last episode, we are going to be going through the Five Yard Rush staff writers um, rookie draft from our actual Dynasty account, uh, Dynasty League, sorry. So first of all, as always, we've got Rich here to help me out through this extreme chaos that we're going to be unleashing over the next hour or so. So Rich, how are you doing? How's your weekend been, mate? Yeah, very good. Very good. Weekend was lovely. It was the first weekend. I don't think I actually did anything for about... 18 months so yeah it was, was very nice um yeah I've, I've i've i don't really know what to make of this to be honest this could be really good fun this could be a very stressful hour this could be absolute chaos um so yeah i'm, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what ensues to be honest i'm sure it'll be extremely stressful for us but extremely fun for everyone else watching us get stressed what's stressful for you i'm just sitting here critical you know, critiquing people's <laughs> picks and telling them they all pick the wrong person. So uh, you're the one that's got to do all the uh, the background stuff and try and sort everything out. <laughs> oh dear. So on that note, thank you to Paul, who's going to be in the background making all the picks for us as we go through. Um, and let's get the draft board up there. Hopefully you can all see that. Rich, can you see that at least? uh yes yes i can yeah perfect right then should we kick this uh bad boy off let's go so, for it first of all the 101 um we'll bring jordan who who are you going to take jord because the 101 <laughs> you you came in extremely high as the five-yard devi guy um took the 101 i believe it was in the second round in our starter um, yeah, I think it was so, two two or seven or something like that. So and I didn't think he'd get back round to me. And Emerson's come in with a few 
late trade offers, but they were going to take it. They were good. They were good trade offers, but I was always going to take this guy because I haven't got hardly any food. I think I've got one share of him in the league, and I don't expect any more. So we all know who it's going to be, don't we? It's uh, it's Brees Hall. Do you think that um, you saying you've you've not had any many shares of him? Have there been any leagues you've been in where he's not been the one hundred and one? Uh, no. like I don't think I've I think I've only had seven rookie drafts and all the Devi leagues I'm in is in every single Devi league so he's not even made it obviously to the rookie league so yeah he's one-on-one in every single one of them and unless someone fancies a bit of a laugh I I don't expect it to change much no I think I'm 15 or 16 drafts in at the moment and uh, he the only one he didn't go 101 Traylon Burks went 101 and that was because the guy who had 101 also had 102. And he just wanted, he, he, in his own words, he wanted a draft where Hall didn't go 101. So I think it's probably the most consensus pick. Um, certainly I've seen for probably five or six years now. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got um, a 101 in one league and I'm probably going to be trading out of that spot um, just to try and pick up some more assets. I don't need another running back in that league. It's the 16-team one, Rich, that we're we're in and a couple of others from the Devi, uh, from the Dynasty side. So if you've got the 101 and you don't pick Brees Hall, I don't know what to tell you. you <laughs> you're either doing something wrong or you, you're a psychic and you know Brees Hall isn't going to would, break out. I would throw out in that league, I would get in it specific here, in that league it's a 16-team super flex quarterbacks like gold dust i could see an argument for kenny pickett going 101 in that league because the quarterback value is so through the roof but that's that's probably the only one i can make an argument for uh, for it not being Brees hall at 101 uh i can see the argument but i wouldn't personally but i'm not going to be making the pick i'm going to be trading out so anyway george thank you for thank you. your pick we'll bring you back in on your next pick but bring in emerson onto the stream so emerson at dynasty analyst um on twitter so emerson you've got the 102 who are you going for here uh, i'm ready for you guys to take me apart on this one um but i'm gonna go with uh i'm gonna go with kenneth walker on this one i'm gonna i don't need another wide receiver really i'm gonna take the positional value at running back um i really like the landing spot too i think it might take him a year i also think it's it's a Good spot for Jimmy G or Baker Mayfield still. So I like the spot here with Walker. No, no critique from me. I think for me, that's, you know, he's my 102. I really like him as a prospect. Are you concerned about the kind of lack of receiving work potential? I know it's been hammered to death over the last <laughs> month or so, but. I don't think, you know, it's one of those things I don't think we really know about yet. I don't think he was asked to do it a lot in college. So, you know, it remains to be seen, really. I don't think it's a definitive. He can't catch the ball. Um, it's certainly maybe not a uh, strong trait of his yet, but uh, I'm, that's not something I'm overly concerned about right now. And you know what, like I said, um, it's just, you know, there's the, there's so many wide receivers to grab now. I'm going to take the running back here and uh, take the positional value. Makes sense. No, I, I absolutely love this pick. Yeah, 102, I've got Walker there. I have seen a couple of leagues where some of the wide receivers go at, go at this pick and Walker drops a little bit. But yeah, as you said, positional value for me pumps up, uh, pumps up Walker to the 102 spot. So thanks, Emerson. You've got about four or five picks in the top 20, so I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot of you. Um, I look forward to checking back in shortly. <laughs> we'll see you soon, mate. So... The 103, unfortunately, Paul or at FF Goatgall on Twitter, if you've seen him around, can't make it for this pick. So we've got his first and second choices. Uh, luckily, he did come out with his first choice, which is going to be Drake London. Um, so he said he's given us a little blurb for us to read out for him, and then I'm, I'll pass it over to Rich to rip into him, but I know that he he's a lover of Drake London, so Rich isn't going to be ripping into him that much. So Paul has said that uh, he really wants to shoot for upside, and of all the guys in this class, Drake London has the best shot to become top five in Dynasty at the wide receiver position. Um, and he's going to hope that his QB situation pans out, um, be it a QB later round in or later in this draft. Um, so, Rich, Drake London at the 102, uh, 103, sorry. So, 
it feels very, I can feels see very it. chalky at the moment, doesn't it? Um, yeah, no, it's it's hard not to, not to like it. You know, big X potential. Um, you know, big body that's going to win outsides. Interesting landing spot, potentially catching balls from Desmond Ridder, or you know, they could still go out and get a, a a quarterback in what's expected to be a fantastic quarterback class next year. Um, I think he's he's got probably, as I said on the episode last week it's it's the highest um kind of potential ceiling for me of anyone in this draft class and yeah i absolutely get it at this pick completely at the moment it seems like the dynasty writers want to suck up a bit to us because rich everything we said last week has happened the 102 has been kenneth walker through positional value paul's here trying to suck up to you with a drake london top five upside pick uh, do we see another dynasty writer come in with uh, a, a bit more of a surprise pick? So well, it's me. It's me on the clock next. So I was about to say we won't see it this pick. Um, I can guess at who you're going to take. Well, um, I'm 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 not actually. I think I'm going to perhaps really? surprise a few people. So I'm going to go. I'm going to try and kind of go a little bit game theory here. So I have got another pick those of you not on the live stream so i've got the 104 and the 107 um so for me what i don't want to do is i think if i went the player that liam thinks i'm gonna go which is garrett wilson um then what will probably happen is i will then get another receiver at the 107 so i'm gonna try uh, this this may come back to haunt me i'm gonna basically take kenny pickett as a quarterback with the theory that one of my other two receivers in my top tier will make it back to me in the next round. And therefore I get two players in my second tier rather than a player from my second tier and a player from my third tier. What do you think, Liam? I knew, I knew, I knew you were going with this risk? pick. No, I knew you were going with this pick. I knew that um, you'd take the positional value over the best wide receiver, in my opinion, in this draft. Um, but... I also really like the pick. I was it's kind also, of hoping he'd fall to six, but I don't, I don't think he ever was going to. It's also being in a draft with you and Paul, who are the two picks between me, <laughs> knowing that one of you is going to take Garrett Wilson and one of you is going to take Traylon Burks. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm happy to uh, to run the risk. So, speaking of Paul, let's bring him in because he's got the next pick. So, at Paul Picken on Twitter. Paul, how are you doing, buddy? We haven't seen All you right, on mate, here. How are you? Uh, this is your five-yard dynasty um, debut, like most on here. How are you doing? I'm all right, mate. Good. Who, who are you going to take, mate? 105 here. Oh, mate, this was an easy pick for me. It's Garrett Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of assumed that was going to be it. Mate, That that is because he is my wide receiver two in this rookie draft and he is easily easily one of the best wide receivers in this class and he's now at the New York Jets and that team is just building for the future and I want part of that can can I can I save that and just play that back as I'm falling asleep at night because I think as a Jets fan that's the first time I've ever heard somebody <laughs> say something that quite so positive about the Jets. So uh, so yeah, very pleased to hear that. Are you concerned that you know we we saw obviously Elijah Moore break out as a rookie last year? Corey Davis is still floating around. The team have traded up and spent a second round pick on a running back. We've added three tight ends. So far this offseason, are you concerned that there could be too many mouths to feed in in New York and Wilson kind of doesn't get the volume that he'd need to be a fancy star? No, I'm I'm not worried at all. I I think he is he is somebody that's just going to eat up everyone else's uh, targets. I'm not worried about the tight ends taking anything away from him. I think him and Elijah Moore will complement each other really well. I think they'll they'll help each other out on the field. And um, taking a running back has just made that running back room a lot better. I wouldn't say elite. <laughs> say elite, yeah, but a lot better. Fair, fair. Come on then, Liam. You're up at 106. 
try not to right. disappoint me here. Cheers, Paul. Um, yeah, so 106. I, I'm going to do what you did and play a little bit of game theory here. And instead of going by my rankings, because I think he'll fall, I'm going to take Traylon Burks, who I know won't be here on my next pick. So, Rich, he is my wide receiver for in this class. Um, but I didn't think if I left him on the board and I took who I wanted, that he'd get back to me at the one, uh, 108. So... What do you feel about this, Pete Rich? Because I really like Traylon Burks, and this is my only share that I'm actually going to have of him. I'm I'm very happy because my wide receiver threes fall to me. I think it didn't matter knowing your ranks. I don't think it mattered whether you took um, Traylon Burks here or, or Jameson Williams. I wasn't taking either of them. Okay. I very much had my eyes on Chris Alave, who I think is being criminally slept on by everybody in the, the fantasy community at the moment. I think he's... You know, an elite prospect. I think he's he ticks every box from an analytical profile. I think he's got an incredible landing spot in your leans. Um, yeah, so that's where I'm I'm going with Chris Olave. Your trail on Burke's pick. I, I, I don't want to repeat myself, but I'm not the biggest trail on Burke's fan. I think people are, are over hyping the landing situation. I think people are over hyping the player a little bit. Are you do, do you think that the hype is is getting out of control and people are basically deciding that he's now AJ Brown or? I think that is a little bit of the hype. People saw the uh, saw the comp in the draft as AJ Brown. You've seen the, the Titans trade AJ Brown array and, and then straight away draft Traylon Burks with that pick. Um, so I, I think that definitely plays into it, but I don't, I can see how they play similarly. I just don't think they're going to be any, anywhere like that for fantasy purposes. Um, but yeah, as I said, I was trying to play a little bit of game theory and I th- probably overthought it because I forgot that Alave was your wide receiver three, not four. Um, so yeah, I, Burks, I think will do well. We just need to see what that offense looks like, especially with Woods now as an actual wide receiver too that might play more than four or five games like Julio did last year. Um, but coming over <laughs> to your Julio, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how many games did he play last year, Rich? Come on, I I don't know. It wasn't many. I'd I'd guess more than that though. I reckon he played six or seven. Oh, so one to three more games than what I said. Yeah, it makes all of a difference. It makes massive. Um, anyway, coming to your Alave pick at one oh seven. Um, yeah, he played ten games, by the way, Julio. Oh, ten games. And how many fancy points did he score during those? Not many. Not many. So it felt like he played five then, right? Yeah. God, let's yeah. move on. Let's talk about Chris Alave. <laughs> um, so Chris Alave, yeah, I. Again, I've got him as my wide receiver five, but if you listen to the pod last week, I have everyone between... Oh, I've got Drake London, Traylon Burks, Olave, and Jameson Williams all within 0.2 or 0.3 within my grading system, which is extremely thin. Um, They basically can flip-flop between two and five. Um, I just have Wilson completely ahead of everyone else, so... Yeah, it, it's kind of who I want to take, where I want to take them. Um, I, I was tempted by Alave, um, Jamison Williams and Burks at the 106. But as you've taken Alave, Rich, I've taken Burks. That leaves Jamison Williams. And to me, this is the last player in this tier. So with my 109 pick, is it? No, you're, you're 108. And 108. then we've got bringing in Antonio for the 109. So we'll do a quick bit on Jamison Williams. I know you don't like him, Rich, but I like him. <laughs> it's not that I don't um, like him. I just like four other receivers better. Um, I think that the Lions will find ways to get the ball in his hands and hopefully um, they'll play it as more of a short play rather than trying to throw it long with Goff because I think everyone understood last year that Goff was not a... Uh, <laughs> just seeing that from a stops. We'll read that out in a second, but um, yeah, I, I hope that people don't forget what happened last year when the Lions brought in um, Brashard Perriman and 
um, Terrell Williams and everyone was saying that Goff isn't a deep ball threat. He's not going to throw all those deep balls. And he didn't. But why is that now suddenly changing for Jamison Williams? Because they've just drafted a fast guy. I don't think that even though he will be a deep threat, I don't think he's going to be a, a, a solely deep threat guy. I think he could be used more like a, a waddle. Fair enough. Fair okay. enough. Um, so Stocks tuning in saying shade at Julio scoundrel. Um, thanks, Stocks. Nice to know we've got your support here. Arguably top 10 receiver of all time and you're just thrown into the curb. But yeah, we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll move on. and, and let's, let's his last season. But yeah, let's bring Antonio let's in. Let's bring because... Antonio on and let him have his pick. <laughs> we've talked enough. Um, I don't think either of us have picks for a while now, Rich, so we can shut up and let the Dynasty writers come in and talk. So, Antonio, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Really good. Nice to be here, guys. Before, um, before you dive in and announce your pick, Antonio, I yeah. want to get a bit inside your head. So, obviously, it. it's, I think, widely accepted that there is a, a distinct drop-off after the top eight. I know I've been campaigning for the last two months to say there's actually a top nine, but I seem to be alone in that. Do you feel that this is the point at which the draft starts to dry up or or do you think there's there's another prospect that, that could be worthy of kind of creeping up into that elite tier? So I, I, I have no idea who that, that ninth person is for you, but for me, there, there is a ninth person for me. Um, so you'll find out who that is in a minute. But I do think there is a drop-off after nine. So I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, and actually, you could probably get value um, trading back from the eighth spot. If, if people are thinking there's a top eight, um, I wouldn't mind, say, if I was 104, 105, to dropping down to 109 and getting something else, actually. So if I had that 104, 105 pick, I would have been circling this uh, number nine receiver that I'm about to take. Hopefully it's the same guy, Rich, uh, <laughs> before I say someone else. <clears throat> but yeah, I, I do think there's one more, and I think he's close to, to Jameson Williams. I think they're in their own separate tier, um, but maybe of a, a mini tier of two. I would have taken Williams if Liam took this other person. So um, I'm going to take uh, Skymore receiver for the Chiefs at number nine. Uh, I think I, I just can't see how his value drops in dynasty in the first year. So that's what I'm looking for um, in rookie drafts, someone who's not going to lose value and obviously um, being tied with Patrick Mahomes and some of those other receivers who are, you know, essentially on one-year deals. Kelsey's getting a year older. I can't see how uh, dynasty value for Sky Moore drops. So that's why I'm taking him here. Fair enough. That, that wasn't the guy that I've got in my in my uh, tier, but he, he is, he's, he's my number 10. I think... Look, I, I love Sky Moore. I'm a little bit upset, I'll be honest, with Sky Moore because I was really high on him in the pre-draft process. I thought I was going to end up with a lot of Sky Moore. Um, I was really hopeful that he was going to have perhaps an under-the-radar landing spot and then he's gone to the Chiefs and uh, I think he's been, you know, quite rightly pushed up and uh, probably a little bit too high for me. So I've, I've not got as many Sky Moore shares as, as I'd like to have. Because that's totally Skymore's fault that he got drafted by the Chiefs, Rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly that. I'm, I'll never yeah. forgive him now. He's he's permanently got a black mark on his name for the rest of his NFL career. Yeah, no, I, I like I like Skymore. So, um, I just, yeah, as you said, I I have another person at nine, so I don't think I'm going to get any shares of him because he's being drafted a little bit too highly for me. I, I completely agree. I don't think his value is going to go down. Um, people are shoehorning him for a lot of work year one um, and that's probably the only way that his value goes down is if Juju starts pit, like coming into that work too much um, not shoehorning him for the slot rich before you dive in on that one um, but if Juju and maybe some of the other wide receivers like MVS start to get more work than people anticipate um, where they would probably line the sky more up then that's probably the only way. But as I said, um, I don't foresee it. I think Moore's going to be a great receiver. It's just I've got someone else on my uh, my number nine in a tier of his own after the top eight. Antonio, before you oh. disappear, are you yep. concerned? Liam hinted at the the usage in terms of lining up in the slot and things. And I know I've talked a lot about Juju being that, you know, he's a very good blocker. He's that bigger body. I think Andy Reid's hinted at using him out of the slot. Are you concerned that Sky Moore 
is, you know, he profiles as that more slot type. Are you concerned about him probably ending up being a 50-60% outside receiver at the next level? No, I I actually think he wins he wins quite a lot outside. What I saw anyway from college, I thought he, he won a fair fair deal on the outside. I don't think um so I think Hardman's the one who kind of falls off here. Um MVS got his money and I think his his role basically will be to to take you know to take the top off the defense as he has done at Green Bay. <clears throat> I think Sky Moore will work in that intermediate level of the field quite a lot. Um, and Juju, Hank, I think Juju and Kelsey are the, the ones who are going to be fighting for the, the, the uh, you know, the slot and the middle of the field targets. If I'm honest, like I said earlier, I, you know, in in this kind of rookie draft, I'm trying to take someone who's who's not going to completely kind of um, catapult their value. Um, and there's probably a few others that are going to come up that I'm a little bit more iffy on. Um, so I think I've gone a little bit safe there. I agree with Liam in terms of year one. I can't see him absolutely taking off, whereas, you know, Alave's got a great chance. Um, Drake London, obviously, and Burks, those three there, uh, have got the chance really to take off from year one. I can't see that happening immediately with Sky Moore, but I think in Dynasty, he's he's safe in this range. Yeah, fair enough. Right. Thanks, Antonio. Let's no bring in uh, George. So he had the 101. He's going to close the round out with a 110. Um, George, you want to take us through your pick and who like who it's going to be and why you've taken them? Well, it's funny listening to you all there. I think like after Alave, there's a bit of a drop off to Williams. I'm not a massive Williams fan myself. Like um, he's, uh, <laughs> he's 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 okay. You know, like I, I still have question marks of what he's going to be. I know I understand what you're saying. I, like, why would you take him so high? But what I've seen in college. There's, I, I, I'm, I'm wanting to see that on the pitch before I like invest in him this high. You know, I, to me, he's a, a, a deep threat with the ball in his hand, and watch him go. You know, there's a lot of question marks there. But for me, I think I think um, Rich will be happy. This is the guy that I have ahead of Williams and Moore, and it's Johan Dotson. I think um, Johan Dotson's a fantastic talent, can get open for fun, and I think he's been let on a bit. Really, you know, he's um, everyone. Had him going late first. I thought he'd go a bit higher in, in in the NFL draft. I think he's a brilliant receiver, and like I say, being slept on. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Do you think that people are talking about how Carson Wentz over the last three years has had? I think it's one top forty-eight wide receiver, and that was Michael Pittman last year. Obviously, the I want to almost almost called them wrong name. The Commanders have got Terry McLaurin. <laughs> In post, do you think that um, it essentially Wentz is going to be good enough to potentially sustain Dotson and McLaurin? Uh, that obviously that is the only concern with John Dotson. It, it's one of them where I could say, yeah, it's a possibility. I don't. I, there is good things to Carson Wentz, but obviously we've seen him deteriorate over, over the years. But and obviously, with like you say, Pittman had a fantastic season last year, but he didn't really have to compete with much. So yeah, it is a concern. But I think next year. If a good quarterback comes in, I think it, Johan Dotson will be absolutely fine, you know, going forward after that. But I hope it, it I'd be silly if I say it wasn't a concern with Carson Wentz, but <laughs> it, it's also a possibility that he could sustain both of them as well. But I'm thinking long term as well, Johan Dotson. I just think he's a really good receiver, you know, going into to the next year's. And let's be honest, Terry McLaurin's coming up to a contract and the way the NFL is viewing wide receivers, he'll probably get traded somewhere else before uh, before the start of the season. So. Hopefully. <laughs> Thanks, George. Um, we'll move on. So we've got a back-to-back pick with Emerson coming back to you. We did mention that you've got about five picks in the top 20. So who are you going to take with a 201, so the 11th overall? Uh, with this one, I was pretty excited to see him fall this far. I was, uh, I thought he might go in the last couple. I thought he might be the last pick, actually. But I'll go ahead and take Christian Watson here. Well, try and sell me on Christian Watson, Emerson, because I'll be <laughs> honest, I'm, I'm not a lover. I don't so, like, particularly like what I've seen on film. I don't particularly like the analytical profile. So, so now's you your chance to try and sell me. <laughs> you know what? So I, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not a film guy. So I, I tend to trust draft capital. And I love, you know, the, the Packers invested a high second round pick in him. I love, I love that. I love the athlete, you know. And then a- after I've, I've done more research on him in the last recent days since the Packers have taken him, and I'm, I'm starting to fall a little bit more in love. He he's dev- has every physical trait you could look for. He has elite speed. Um, he's a great route runner too. Um, 
And uh, I, I really tend to lean on that draft capital when I'm making selections in this range. And um, I, I love the landing spot with the Packers. I really don't think he has much competition at all. And if he, you know, and we'll, and we'll be able to see pretty early with him. You know, if he, if he doesn't produce early, I don't think with uh, with these wide with Alan Lazard and Robert Tanyan as the uh, most competent weapons, I would think we would know pretty early on about him. But um, like I said, I love the landing spot, and that's my uh, main reason for drafting him here. As as a Packers fan, um, I, I like the fact that you're taking a Packer, but pre-draft I wasn't huge on Watson. Um, I think I was about consensus, even though I felt low on him. But are you worried about a um, a veteran coming in? Because I think a lot of people at the moment are seeing the wide open wide receiver room basically in in Green Bay and shoehorning in for a big role. But as a Packers fan, I can see a, a Landry. A, Fuller, for example, coming in and taking some of that that target share. So, do you think that um, a, a veteran's going to come in? And if they do come in, do you think that it's going to impact Watson a lot this year? Um, I, I, you know, I think that's you know, I feel like that's already baked into the price a little bit. I think the Packers probably will add somebody, and I think you know that could honestly help Watson. You know, is he you know he's going to get a little less coverage, but that you know the. Aaron Rodgers is going to throw the ball. And so I think, you know, it, the Packers getting a couple options wouldn't hurt him. Like I said, Alan Lazard and Robert Tanyan aren't exactly inspiring options. So even if they get one more option, I'm not uh, exactly worried about it, I don't think. Perfect. So who are you going to take with a 202, the 12th overall? This is another controversial one. Um, and I, you know, he has a, <laughs> wide, he has a wide range of uh, values, but I'm going to take James Cook with this pick and uh you know he has his lovers and haters for sure but i uh, i i another player i love the landing spot with the bills not a lot of competition with devin singletary and zach moss and um i you know um you any running back especially since it's ppr any running back who has that kind of pass catching skills uh can be a high-end fantasy weapon are you concerned at I know people are saying it's a great pass first offense and there's going to be loads of passing usage but are you concerned that with Josh Allen, you know, running as much as he does and when the pocket breaks down, he tends to take off rather than check it down. Are you concerned that the volume isn't where I think perhaps some people are hoping? You know, if, if I was drafting him at the 1-4 or 1-5 that I've seen him go in some drafts, I would <laughs> yeah. be really worried about that. Um, but, you know, in this range, once again, I feel like that kind of is baked in a little bit. We're not drafting him here to be an elite RB1 or anything like that. If he if he was a top 20, 25 running back, that would be fine with me here. So um, I'm going to go ahead and take the positional value. You know, honestly, like as far as, you know, guys in this range, you're talking about who honestly have less than a 50% chance of being fantasy relevant. So I'm willing to take the risk here and have the uh, take the guy who's most likely going to uh, affect my fantasy team in the near future. Can't argue with that. All right. So we've got Paul with the 203. Paul, welcome back in, mate. <laughs> Who are you going to take here, buddy? <clears throat> well, mate, it's a tough one for me because I really want to take George Pickens because he's got the best surname going. Oh, but, here we but, go. <laughs> but for me, for me, I'm going to take uh, a QB that I think is going to win win the starting role this year, and that is Desmond Ridder. Okay, so so walk us through that, mate. Desmond Ridder. Um, I've got him as my QB4, QB5 pre-draft. Um, I can see him winning the role, but if he wins the role, do you think he's going to be um, a, a starting caliber a quarterback considering he was taken in the third round? I do, I do. I, I, I liked him going into this going into this draft. I think, like, I don't really do much watching the tape. I just sort of listen to what people people say and read, read up on people, but Desmond Ridder was was one of the high guys in a lot of people's pre, pre-draft pre rankings. And then I think he's one of the winners in this draft. He's, he's gone to Atlanta. I don't think uh, Mariota's got a great contract. And I, if I'm right, I think the Falcons can get out of that contract this year. And I genuinely think he'll, he'll start, but sort of by week seven or eight, if they're not doing so well, I think they'll take their chance with Desmond Ridder and and watch him set the world alight with Carl Pitts and uh, and Traylon Burks. Not Traylon Burks, Great London. I think I love this pit pool because I think this is you know we talk about upside in this second round. I think this is a real swing for the fences. 
I think there is, in my eyes, there is no chance that he doesn't start at some point this year. I think that the Falcons are in a true rebuild. I don't see Marcus Mariota being the long-term answer. And I think that the Falcons are going to want to go into the draft in 2023 knowing, do we have something in Desmond Ridder or are we going to have to go out and get a quarterback in next year's draft? And I think with that third round draft capital, yes, it's it's not good. And it's a potential, you know, if he was a first round quarterback, he'd be going a hell of a lot higher. But I think that it is a proper swing for the fences because if he can prove this year that he's got enough to be the long-term starting quarterback, then you're getting a potential starting quarterback for the next two, three years for an early second round pick, which, you know, we talk about whenever a, any starting quarterback is worth a first round pick automatically in Superflex, well, you turned him into profit already. And I think that at this point, there is nobody else on the board that's got that potential upside. So I, I think in terms of a swing for the fences play, it's massive. Yes, you know, he could start four games, look terrible, look like a fish out of water in the NFL and never turn into anything more than the career backup and you've kind of wasted the pick. But I think in terms of, you know, if we talk about range of outcomes, there's probably like a 25% chance that he's a starting quarterback in 2023 and beyond. And at that price, it's worth a pump. I mean, even when he starts, even before he's throwing the ball in the NFL, once he's named the starter, his immediate superflex value goes up. So you could sell him for more than what you get him in this pick. So I I like the upside play here, Paul. Um, We're going to go over to Luke now, who has the 204. So that is the 14th pick overall. So Luke, welcome in, man. Oh, yeah, you're right there, guys. How are you doing? Nice to see someone outside enjoying the sun. That's it, mate. That's it. I'm going to say making the most of it. Making the most of it. How are you guys anyway? All good? Very good. It's, this has gone far better than I thought it would, so I'm happy. This is it. It's going well. Good show. Good show so far, gents. So take us who you're going to go with for the 204, uh, mate. Yeah, funnily enough, Paul took the guy that I, that I had eyed up. So I'm, I'm keeping it going with the Falcons trend. I'm going with Tyler Algier. Uh, okay. Purely the receivers I wanted... And have gone. Obviously, that, that's an area in my roster at the moment that needs a bit of attention. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm looking at somebody who I think is going to have an instant impact. And Tyler Algier, I can't see him not winning that job this year, if I'm honest. Uh, throughout college, absolutely smashed it the last couple of years as well. No, I, th- I, I, I like the prospect. Are you, are you concerned that as much as he will likely and I agree with you that he'll likely win that that kind of role within the offence. Are you concerned that the role will be sort of a 1B to Cordero Patterson, or do you think he'll eat into some of that yeah. receiving usage and, uh, and potential yeah. have a bigger role yeah. than like Mike Davis did last year? Uh, absolutely. Oh, he's going to have a way bigger role than Davis. I'm going to say, obviously, I, th- I think you'll see Cordell lining up a bit more on the outside as well, uh, which then means, and again... Algier's got that James Conner vibe about him. So I can see him getting a lot more work, a lot more receiving work out the backfield. And he's going to get those goal line touches as well, which providing the, the, the Falcons receivers, Mariota, Ridder, uh, whoever takes that, that QB role, providing they get down to that end of the uh, end of the field, then yeah, he's going to tap in and, and make most out of those six points that, that I need on the goal line week in, week out as well. Yeah, so... Uh, for audio listeners, Rich has just dropped off again. Uh, he did this pre-show, so <laughs> I'm going to have to go solo for a minute. But I, I quite right. like Algier. Um, the reason I made uh, an, an ooh noise when you made the pick was um, I've seen him drafted as the RB4 in drafts, but I've not seen him drafted over George Pickens. But once you've laid it out as a team need, then I, I do get it a bit more. Um, yeah. Welcome back, Rich. I made sure the listeners didn't uh, <laughs> miss that you dropped off. I don't know why I'm having internet issues. We'll blame Virgin for that. <laughs> but, no. but yeah, thanks for jumping on, Luke. Um, we yeah, may come you. back to you. Um, but go enjoy the in-laws because I know you've taken a bit of time out for the in-laws. I've outside, you see. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, mate, cheers. So cheers, with... guys. All the best. Cheers, mate. So with the two... I'm losing track because I can't see the numbers anymore. 205, um, we have Jord. Um, Jord, 
I can see messages in the private studio <laughs> chat about a trade up. Are we going to get a trade up here um, from someone that wants to come back on the live stream, or are you going to be making a pick? Uh, I've um, I'll, uh, I've just declined it. I think I'll stay here. Thank you very much. Um, thank you though, Antonio. Because I don't think <laughs> I didn't think George Pickens was going to get this far to be honest with you. So I'm glad to take a punt at George Pickens. Bit of a hot head. Need to channel that in a little bit, you know. Um, obviously, mm. comes back from his injury, but at two or five, I've got to take a like, like Rich said, you know, you're taking punts. And if I'm taking a punt at George Pickens at two or five, we might not see it as much this year, but we know what Pittsburgh do with the receivers. There's a couple coming to the end of the contracts and uh, not really giving big money. So I expect George Pickens to really fly next year more than this season. Well, we've got Paul in the studio chat saying what a great name. I, I don't think he's going to let, let this one go. Um, but yeah, I, I can imagine why two people wanted to trade up for him here. Um, George Pickens, for, for me, um, was the is the 112 in normal 12-team league. So in here, it would have been the um, 201. 202, yeah. 202. Come on. I, I'm trying Come to show as well, Rich. <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, I, I completely understand why people wanted to trade up here, and I think he's got a great range of outcomes. I think the injuries have made his value drop a little bit. Um, I know that you're not a huge Pickens guy, Rich. I, I like him, and I think that my concern is that people are hyping up this is a good landing spot, and I don't get it. I think that for me, rookies that don't produce year one basically don't tend to produce i think it's we're talking i was looking at hit rates today and um it's about 700 yards rookies that don't hit 700 yards have got like a 20 percent chance of being a top 24 receiver at some point in their career and my concern is is that i don't see a situation where pickings carves out a big enough role in year one that he is a piece to move up in down the line and I, I'm concerned that you know he's going to come in behind Deontay Johnson but behind Chase, Chase Claypool um, and therefore I'm a little bit concerned about him moving forward um, I've just seen that you said you're open to moving down Liam so can can we talk about a potential trade live on the air we'll, try, we'll have to try and keep this quick um, <laughs> I have no idea what picks I've got I could offer you a future second maybe if I've got that um, my yeah, sleeper app has just crashed, so I can't even look at what players I've got. You're um, some right troubles right now, Rich. Um, internet in have, haven't is obviously, um, yeah, falling apart. You don't have another pick in this draft, so it'd have to be the future picks. So, can, can we do a future second and a f future fourth for this pick? Go on, then, mate, just because it's that a live show on a live draft. That feels like a fair, a fair trade, decent value. Oh, Paul has said that you do have a fourth rounder this year, but okay. I'm happy well, with go. the uh, fourth rounder next year if you want. I can do the fourth this year if, you, if you'd rather. Oh. Who th who'd have thought a fourth would be a sticking point? <laughs> um, yeah, go for it, and we'll sort the trade out afterwards, Rich. Okay, perfect. Um, so well, who do you want here? I want Rashad White. Um, I think that he, he's got the potential to be you know, incredible. I think his, his ceiling is James White plus. We've seen James White be a top 12 back I think once in his career and I think he's had two other top 24 seasons I think he fits perfectly in that Brady led offense I think he's going to carve out a really nice role immediately um, and I think for this value I'm getting him 16th player off the board I'm I'm very happy uh, you know I'm not a huge um, Richard White fan but uh, <laughs> I can see the value um, running back five off the board it's where I've got him um, I say that and I feel like I need to go and check my my let's bring in now. let's bring in Emerson because I'm keen to see if I uh, if I sniped him with that pick yeah so I've actually got him as running back eight but yeah I completely see the value here um, I just wouldn't I just worry about his role that's going to happen with Fournette there but as you said Emerson has triple pick here Emerson <sighs> Um, we said that you've got a lot of picks in the top 20. So who are you going to take with the 207? 
I I would have taken white with that first yes. one, unfortunately. <laughs> that makes me happy that I've sniped you. Oh, so there was a good trade up. It was a good trade up. It was worth it because they would have definitely not made it past me. Oh, so after after Pickens and White, I thought maybe Pickens was going to take a dramatic fall, but that didn't end up happening either. So my next one, I'm going to go with Trey McBride. I'm not expecting much this season with uh, Zach Ertz, but I think he does, you know, he is the best tight end in this draft. And um, mm-hmm. with that kind of production profile, it's hard to argue with it at that point, at this point. I like yeah, it. I, I've got him as my uh, my tight end one post draft. Um, I know I had Jelani Woods tight end one pre draft, but uh, McBride with that draft capital just jumped way above him and the landing spot for when Ertz uh, does disappear, then I think McBride's going to step in. And we know that tight ends don't Im- or tight ends aren't expected to produce immediately unless you're a pits level. Um, Pitts level prospect. So, uh, Emerson, to keep things rolling, who have you got with you? Two or eight. All right. With this next one, I'm going to uh, lean, lean on draft capital again. I'm going to take Alec Pierce with this one. New Indianapolis Colts wide receiver. Excited about the landing spot. Yeah. So, so talk us through that because I've seen um, Alec Pierce go mid third. I've seen him go late first. Um, on Twitter at least, not in any of my actual <laughs> drafts. But um yeah, I, I think he's got such a wide variety of um pit or values across the board. So why have you taken him here? Um yeah, I wouldn't I would not uh, I've seen that first round on Twitter too. That's not where I would take him, but um, <laughs> here in the here in the late second I think it's good value. Um He's really he's he's very athletic. He uh, he's tall. He has a lot of the traits you're looking for in an elite receiver. It's a good landing spot. Um, they don't have a lot outside of Michael Pittman um, and Matt Ryan. I'm sure you know it's going to be a run first offense, but Matt Ryan's still going to be throwing the ball. So um, I think he I think he's a receiver that'll take a little while to adjust at the next level. I don't know if he could be able to run that full route tree right away, but um, I think he could develop uh, later late on in this season. I think it'd be a good wide receiver too for the Colts. So, um, Rich, before we move on to the 209, do you have anything to add on Alec Pierce? No, I mean, I'm, I'm not a lover. Um, I think I I question the profile from an analytical standpoint slightly. I think he's, for me, getting overhyped. Um, doesn't doesn't flash, really. Um, he's he's like a 66 percentile prospect for me, so I'm, I'm not the biggest fan. I'm, I'm much lower than consensus, but... You know, at this point, as we said, we're taking taking flyers. Why not? You know, draft capital's there. He's got the potential. Um, that big body, that outside receiver. Why not? So Emerson, two oh nine. Let's get this triple back to back to back pick. Sorted. All right, last one here. Um, so this one was tough, but um, I think I'm going to take Damian Pierce here. Um, I like, you know, a guy with wide open, another wide open landing spot. Um, not a lot of competition again. Um, she should be able to compete for carries right away. Um, and even if he just provides some flex upside this season before they take a running back next season at this point, that could still provide value. Um, so yeah, I'm just reaching here for some early production here and maybe I could also sell him for, um, a different asset, you know, upgrade, um, if he flashes early. So just going with that here. Perfect. Um, I like the landing spot for him. Uh, draft capital was better than I expected for him as well. So um, I think this tier of running backs, I'm kind of, you can move whoever around and I've got a tier of four after uh, James Cook. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm just, I've been diversifying my uh, assets a little bit, trying to get a little bit of each of these guys. Cause you, you know, at this point it's hard to say which of these guys is going to produce. So Really just taking uh, some dart throws here, and uh, I'd be happy to take a guy who's uh, competing with Marlon Mack for lead running back duties. <laughs> I think that, for me, I, I, I don't like the player. I think he, he's 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 not one of my favourites, shall we say. Um, but I think, you know, the landing spot is worthwhile at this value. I've seen people taking him at the back end of the first, and I just can't get it at all <laughs> because I think he's a bad player. And I think if you're taking a bad player in a good situation, I think you end up you know, doing yourself a disservice, but I, I, at this, you know, at this point in the draft, I, I can't fault the, uh, the value at all. 
Yeah, it seems to be the year for that. There seems to be guys, you know, that can go 110 or they go 210. So it's hard to say. Yeah, exactly that. Thanks, Emerson. So we'll That's... bring in Antonio for the last pick in the second round. So uh, this is 210 in a 10-team league. Sorry, it's the 208 in a normal 12-team league. Um, Emerson, um, Antonio, sorry, who are you taking here, mate? So I'm going to take uh, David Bell. Wide receiver for Cleveland. Um, usually go. I usually go running back in this range, but the two that I like have gone uh, the last two um, because obviously they they got more chance of hitting immediately, and you can flip them for for whatever halfway through the year if they've produced. So I always tend to go running back um, after round one. I would say I did try and trade up four pickings, so that's where um, George got my uh, offer and it, obviously it would have turned into Bell because I was giving him this one plus MVS and uh, another pick and he declined that so I think I would have rather pick ins obviously that's why I traded up for him but you know I'm happy with Bell I think he, he walks in providing this this obviously depends on um, Watson or does it I don't know I've gone back and forward on this I think he's actually good enough you know he didn't measure athletically that well but I think technically he's very good he, early producer early age is a good sign um, and the Cleveland Browns didn't have many picks if I remember correctly and the picks they did have they took him in the third so that probably bodes well for his immediate production as well so yeah I'm kind of excited to get him I think you know as someone that slags off um kind of combine metrics in terms of fantasy potential i think it's really interesting that i don't think he's an incredible prospect but i think at this value he's got the potential to be a essentially jarvis landry clone in this offense i really think he's going to step in into that role um and i think that he's fallen to a point where the value is outrageous because of that bad combine and and the bad kind of athletic measurables whereas i actually think the fact that he's now producing, you know, he produced, as you said, at a young age, despite that lack of athleticism. And I think that that, that should translate quite nicely to the NFL. Yep. So thanks Antonio for that. We're going to bring in Nathan because Nathan hasn't been on the stream yet. He hasn't had a top 20 pick, but he has the 301, the 302, the 304 and the 305. So he has a bunch of third round picks that he can make. Um, We'll just go with the first one, and then what we'll do is let the draft run, and me and Rich will pick out some players and try and bring um, some of the Five Yard Dynasty team in. So, Nathan, welcome to the stream, mate. And who are you going to go with the three hundred one here? Cheers, thanks, uh, thanks, Liam. Um, I, yeah, look, I, I, I sort of went, I left, uh, left my picks quite, quite late to sort of go for, but I, I'm, I'm going to go with Malik Willis here. I think he's fallen far enough that that it's tempting for me to pick. I've got obviously Tom Brady, Kyler Murray, and, and Winston already, so I feel that I'm, I'm in a luxury where I can wait for him to actually acclimatize to the league. Um, so I felt uh, I felt Malik Willis has fallen far enough, and uh, I don't want to miss miss out on him in between my my, my pair, pairs of picks. No, I, I love that pick. Um, I think between him and Corral, the, there's a real divide of um, who you want to take, especially across the dynasty community. I think um, Corral is seen as more of the going to be a, an immediate starter if Sam Darnold does falter and probably behind the weaker starter, whereas um, Malik Willis, I think people have just succumbed to him being a, um, a one-year redshirt um, guy. But I, I really don't think that's the case. I think that Malik Willis, if Tannehill does for whatever reason falter and start to show a bit of sign of weakness, I think Malik Willis will get thrown in there because the fans will want it. And I don't think that um, you could really say no to that when you've just taken a guy in the third round and trying to to push forward. So I actually really love this pick. I think it's it's a high upside pick, isn't it? You know, the, the chance to repay is, is huge. I disagree. I think there's no chance that he plays this year. I think Tannehill's going to start all year. Um, I think there's a chance that Tannehill plays next year. I mean, the Titans can save, I think it's 17.8 million by cutting him, but they're still paying him 18 million to, to not be on the team at that point. So I, I do disagree that Malik Willis has a chance this year, but I think in terms of upside, you know, it was the reason he was being talked about as the 102 
pre-draft was he's got that you know elite rushing potential that that could step in and be an absolute fantasy star whenever he does get on the field. What are you going with your, your second pick then, Nathan? Um, I'm probably going to go. Uh, oh, I'm I'm going to go uh, wide receiver here. I'm going to go John Mitchell out of Alabama, and obviously with uh, Houston. Um, I just, uh, I just feel, look, they, they, they used, I think, um, I think it was, uh, the 44th overall pick in the second round. And I don't think there's, there's too much competition. Obviously Davis Mills, uh, had a, a pretty good, uh, rookie year compared to where, where people thought he was at the start of the season. I thought he held his own. So let's hope that, uh, Mechie can sort of, uh, create a bit of a role for himself in that offense going forward. Cause it's probably going to go through quite a lot of teething pains, uh, with the coaching staff and, and obviously with Davis Mills as well. I, I love this draft for you, uh, Nathan. So, um, l- watchers um you'll see the draft go on now um but we'll stand this pick for the moment um I, I love the way that this draft has fallen out for you so um i have malik willis at the um 13th spot at, in a super flex draft and i've got mechie at the 14th so to get them this late um i love that i love both of these i i think after the the t- first 12 picks i think there's a drop off um and that's probably why I've got those guys where I do. But Mechie, I think he's going to be really good. And I don't think people are, are probably seeing that from him. I know Rich is pulling a face because he doesn't think so. Um, but I, I think Mechie has a genuine first year impact in Houston. And I think even though I was really high on Nico Collins last year, um, loved it with the third round draft capital, I think Mechie's going to come in and just take anything that, um, Collins was going to get there. I think I wrote, I wrote about this today. I don't hate him from an NFL perspective, but for me, I think there's not enough volume and there's not enough fancy points in a Davis Mills-led offence with their joke of an offensive line, their non-existent <laughs> running situation, that there's going to be enough fancy points to make John Metchie relevant. So without wanting to slag off your pick, Nathan, because I think at this point, you know, we're all just taking flyers. I just don't see a world in which he's fancy relevant. Um, because I think Brandon Cooks is, you know, the one guy that I can see putting up consistent fantasy production in in that offense. And yes, you know, people say that's a short term view, but as I said earlier, I think if receivers, rookie receivers, aren't producing year one, um, their value tends to only go one way, basically. So whilst uh, whilst we were talking there, Isaiah Spiller went to Paul um, with the three hundred three. Nathan, you're back on with your your second set of back to back picks. Do you want to yeah. do you want to quickly talk us through who you're going here, and then we'll uh, we'll get the draft moving again? Yeah, I'll, I'll just jump onto the obviously these two. So I'm uh, I'm probably going to be a little bit cheeky here, but I still think it's worth the upside, and I'm going to go another quarterback. I'm going to take Matt Carell as well. Um, I think just to have those options um, is in terms of sort of where I'm at now. I think is the most option to to sort of be fantasy productive um and then i will i was hoping spiller would sort of fall here because i was i I am a bit running back needy but i'm going to go with the guy that i i I like i've I've got him in a few other leagues in sort of campus to canton leagues and i'm going to go zamir white um at uh happy. it's it's nice to see more georgia players coming off the board isn't it um do you think that there's potential that he could unleash that potential that he had coming out of high school as, I want to say, a five-star recruit once we get into the NFL? Uh, look, obviously, uh, selfishly, I hope so. Um, I think I think it's quite it's, it's quite difficult because obviously Josh Jacobs is still relatively young. Um, although it's, I think his sort of production fell off slightly last year. Um, look, you suddenly adding Devonte Adams to that offense as well. Who knows if Waller's going to be around? There, there are a lot of pieces now that are going to be sort of desperate for touches and to actually do jobs there. Um, I think Zamir White definitely has a chance to sort of break into at least that RB two role and sort of take it a little bit away from. I'm not sure if Kenny and Drake is still there, um, but sort of t- take take those touches away from Drake, um, whereas he's sort of more of a, a receiving sort of back. Um, but look, who knows? Maybe maybe Jacobs. He's an injury away. I feel from being possibly the RB1 there, and they still use uh, Drake as sort of the gadget player. That's sort of my feel. I like that. And with Jacobs being um, declined his fifth-year option and 
um, Drake being talked as a cut candidate. I don't know whether that's just off-season rumours, but um, I, I think that Zeus has got a real chance of being at least the backup there, if not even better. So whilst whilst uh, Nathan made that pick, we then had Brian Robinson go, Wondale Robinson, which I, lo- I love the value at that point. Uh, then we had Tyrion Davis-Price. Uh, Emerson is now on the clock with the 309. And then I think we're going to bring Dan on from the flagship show for the final pick we're going to be doing last. And his, I think it's his first and only pick, isn't it? So It is. We're just waiting for Emerson. But Rich, Wanda Robinson, I think, with a 307 is is great value. Um, getting a second round, second round of wide receiver. Um, I just think that people are going to be um, probably skipping over him a little bit, thinking that he's going to be a Tony uh, 2.0. But Dan, welcome to the stream, mate. Um, you've Good sat evening. there very patiently for 58 <laughs> minutes as of recording. Um, it's nice to be on a five-yard show and not have to do a lot of talking. So, <laughs> so who are you going to go with with a 310? Oh, decisions to be made, decisions just haven't been. Talk, put you on the talk us through it. Talk us through it. Who, who are you eyeing up? Who are you, who are you thinking about here? Well, I've actually done my prep for why is the only pick I've got first, but let's have a look who's still available to me. <clears throat> okay, I know I'm going to take. I, I've got a couple of, I've got two picks actually. You guys had one, but I've got a couple of late flyers. <clears throat> At this stage in the draft, I'm looking for running backs that may turn up and perform, that may have an easy way into play, into snaps, um, and that may potentially turn some value. So one of those right now I'm looking at is going to be Keontae Ingram. At the Cardinals. Yeah, I like I liked his tape pre-draft. Um, I think that he going to the Cardinals and them not adding much more there um, is great for him and uh, Eno Benjamin as a little sneaky late round in your startups um, draft pick. He's, but... Eno Benjamin's never going to happen, Liam. Stop trying to make him happen. <laughs> he's, had, he's had four. He's had four years. He's not going to happen. But, yeah, Dan, I, I like this pick. I think he's got a real shot at the running back two role there. So, Rich, yeah, we're, we're at the 401 um, with Paul Pettit, FF Goatball. He's just taken Khalil Shakir. I think that Shakir was taken um, a bit later in the NFL draft. He was in the fourth round. And I think that has massively seen his value drop. I know that for you, fourth round wide receivers don't matter. So um... exactly that. Exactly that. Yeah, no, it's, I think it's it's been an interesting draft. Um, I think it's it's been fairly chalky, should we say, in terms of it's it's not been any huge surprises, I think. Um, I've been fairly consistent in terms of where people have gone. Um I think Jordan's just taken Tyquan Thornton there. I think at this yes. this point, you know, second round pick is um, is certainly fantastic value. But shall we uh, shall we conclude the show as uh, as we've we've done our three rounds, Liam? We we shall we shall. Um, so as this draft is rounding out for the audio listeners, you can watch it on the live stream at eight o'clock on Tuesdays every week. Um, but thank you for all of the um, Five Yard Dynasty team. We're going to bring everyone back in just so you can say bye. Um, Luke has signed off, Paul Pettit at FF Goatball. Um, couldn't make it to the stream, but we'll get you all back on over the summer, guys. But thank you all for coming on. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We'll see you all next week, guys. Cheers. Thanks a bunch. Appreciate right. it. Thanks, guys. Cheers. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 